Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? My name is Nick Ingvall, and this is the Sneaker History Podcast. For me, sneakers has never really been about the shoes. It's been about the people. Sneakers have been the connection to friends, business partners, unforgettable stories and memories, and opportunities that I could have never imagined. My goal has always been to create something that opens doors for others to find ways to do something they're passionate about for a living. If you're already a member of the Sneaker History Discord, you know how great the community we have is. It's so much more than sneakers. When someone needs some help getting through a tough time, the community is there. When someone in the community drops a new product line or publishes their first YouTube video, everyone is quick to support. That's why this year we'll be launching a series of new podcasts directly from the community. The first is a Formula One-focused podcast hosted by myself, Rohit Malhotra, and Todd Yates, where we hope to make becoming an F1 fan a little easier and give you a better understanding of the sport whether you're just starting to watch or a longtime fan, you can check it out at exhaustnotes.fm or linked in the description for this episode. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. Today, I got a good friend on here with me that this is, this is like years overdue, and I'll just introduce Will as probably one of the kindest people I've met in this whole sneaker journey. He and I and Jacques Slade have become really good friends over the years, working together on various projects, but he's been, he's been around and he's one of those people that one, I admire just for the human being he is, but two, I admire because he's, he's able to stay off of social media and stay out of the sneaker buying addiction that I have and still am trying to deal with. But, (laughs) Will, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I, I appreciate you slumming down this low to invite me on. Um, and nobody <laughs> has a clue who I am, which is totally fine by me. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's been a whirlwind getting to know you and 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 Jacques as well. And I think even uh, Jacques was trolling my wife's birthday post the other day when I called her my best friend. And he was like, what? I thought me and Nick were your best friends. <laughs> And I really wanted to reply back. Y'all don't kiss me like she does, but um, yeah, dude, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and just, I would love to dive into that story too later on, but how we've kind of connected, but um, yeah, dude, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, of course, man. I, like I said, it's been long overdue. I feel like we, we have had, we've had a lot of conversations about projects we've been working on, things we're doing, looking out for each other, but we really haven't had a lot of conversations about sneakers, which was kind of the thing that connected us in the very beginning, but yeah, that's how it is though. Once you, once you actually get past the sneaker thing, it's like, Oh, 
you know, the important conversations happen, you know, like the, when you really care about people, you just you kind of avoid the topic of sneakers in a lot of ways. But oh, it's yeah. cool to be able to kind of go, jump back to that and hear some of your stories, because I know you've got some great ones from the especially from the pre Nike talk days even. Oh, yeah, man. Plenty of stories. Um, and then, yeah, dude, that's true, man. I mean, just getting past like obviously sneakers are the reason why a lot of us connect. Right. But I've still got people that I've met, you know, back in the 90s um, when I was 13, 14, 15 years old that still have them in my phone today and text. And it's not about sneakers. It's about how old your daughter now or, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool yeah, to see, man. Definitely. Totally agree. And same for me. I mean, I, I probably a majority of my phone, you know, contacts came from sneakers at some point or another, but yeah, I rarely even have those conversations other than yeah. like this, you know, like this is kind of the place where I get to like dive back into that nostalgia, but I guess like for people that don't know you, give a little background on on who you are and how you originally got into sneakers. Sure. Well, like I said, I'm nobody special. I'm just a kid that was growing up in Indiana um, at the time. And really, it was probably when I was in middle school and just saw just the style and the design of Air Jordans. And it was clearly like when Jordan and, um, you know, Robin and Pippin and they're all doing their thing. You know, the whole last dance, you know, um, was basically when I was growing up and, you know, going through middle school and it it. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it was cool if you, you know, obviously everybody knows this. Like if you had the latest pair of Air Jordans, like, man, yeah, that's awesome. Like, yep. A, you had that disposable money. B, like somewhere down the line, your parents let you skip first period um, or they went and got them for you because Jordans actually physically came out in stores back then, believe it or not, um, and came out like on Wednesdays. Right. So in stores like Finish Line and Foot Locker would open at like 7 a.m. so kids could come in and get them and then still go to school. Um, but I'll tell you, what really drew me was this, the internet. And it's weird to say, but this was you know way back in the day. My parents got a, a gateway computer um, that sounded like a freaking spaceship took off when it like started up, right? So I log on to the internet and just start, poking around and look at nike.com and started poking around there and then started to make my way into these like little fan websites and stumbled on places like, um, Alex Wang's website, 23 Jumpman street, um, then turned into retro kid. Um, now he's working at Nike, um, crazy story there, but um, you know, these other like dingoes, Nike news wrap up, um, all these randoms, even like alternate sneakers, which I think still exists, Japanese website. I just found this little hole of uh, this online community that loves sneakers. And I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, I want to be in this. Like, I want to do this. This is awesome. Um, so I stumbled on Nike Park. Uh, this was pre-Nike Talk. I stumbled on Nike Park. And that was sort of the place where everybody hung out. Um, they had a message board forum and people would post and talk about sneakers. Um, I was like, man, this is so cool. And so I wanted to start my own website. So I started it and, you know, really cool name. No name Nike page was the first iteration of my website. So really clever, really cool. Then it turned into Will's Nike page and then eventually a website called Shoe Center. And, um, you know, would do the same thing everybody else was doing and, and hunting for a source. Like everybody, like it was not 
you know, believe it or not, not cool to rip off somebody else's news. Right. So now blogs all post the same stuff and this and that and the other, but the way you drove traffic is if you've like figured out how to break news and had exclusive content. Um, and only a few ways to do that, right. Have know somebody that works at Nike or, you know, have a friend that like works at a footlocker and he gives you the fall catalog and you scan images, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, man, just kind of started connecting, networking. I'm 13 at the time. Um, started going into like website chat rooms and, you know, about sneakers and one evening, uh, this is kind of where it all turned. One evening, I'm in a chat room called Hype Site Chat, uh, ran by a, a, the website was ran by a dude named Joe Galvin. Um, he's still around kind of today. I think he works for Pony or something like that. Um, but this dude was in there just talking about all these samples that he owned and all these player exclusives and all this stuff. And so I remember. I was in that chat room. I was like, this, this guy's crazy. Like, there's no way he has this stuff. Um, I'm talking like Tim Duncan player samples, um, you know, Jordan samples, like look, see colorways that have no one's ever even heard of, um, all this stuff. And I, so back then you could kind of side chat somebody and it's like sliding into somebody's DMS. Right. So I slid into his DM and I was like, yo dude, there, there's no way, man. Like, there's no way you have this. And he's like, all right, man, I'll prove it to you. Like I'll sell you some of them. All right. I have a pair of air Jordan, uh, retro five white and silver samples. I'll sell you for 250 bucks. Oh man. Okay. I don't have $250, right? I'm 13. So like I run downstairs. So I'm upstairs in like a guest room, run downstairs, dad, dad, like, you will never believe the opportunity that I have, right? I need to borrow $250 to buy a pair of shoes. And he looked at me and he's like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> what do you need $250 pair of shoes for? And I was like, dad, I think, man, I can sell them for like $750. And he's like, all right, son. He's like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to loan you the, the 250 whether you get scammed or they're whatever fake or whatever. If this does not pan out, obviously you're going to owe me 250, no matter what you're cutting the yard all summer, you're paying me back. And before he can even get all that, I'm already back upstairs. Like, all right, dude, I'll take him. So I'll really date myself, which is sort of how all this went down. There was no Venmo, right? There's no PayPal. There's no nothing. So I go to the bank and get 250 bucks out, then go to CVS and get a money order. And then snail mail a money order to this guy. And yes, lo and behold, pair of shoes show up and they are in fact a real authentic pair of samples size nine. Right. And I was like, man, score. This is awesome. So then I take a Kodak disposable camera and take a photo of said shoes and then took like 24 other random photos to kill the role go back to CVS, have them developed. I know I'm really dating myself, but go to CVS, have them developed, get them scanned. They used to have those like Kodak, you know, like scanners that you could do at CVS, took a three and a half inch floppy disk, yep. put that bad boy into the, into the scanner and saved one image on that three and a half inch floppy, rode my bike back home, put it into that gateway computer, dialed up the internet 
and posted them for sale on Nike Park for 750 bucks. Now, meanwhile, and yeah, sorry, you asked me one question and here I am diving into this whole thing. No, but it's, it, it also took probably like six hours for that image to get uploaded back then, too. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. I like put it I put it in there and then I went to sleep and I woke back up and then it was still like just 90 percent done. Um it's the reality we lived in back then. All these kids these days, they just snap a photo on their phone and boom. Um, so I posted on Nike Park, but on the side, there was a gentleman. I think he was in college at the time. And his website, if y'all remember, was Jersey Joe. And Jersey Joe had a connection. He had samples. He had rare sneakers. He sold some jerseys at the time, like Mitchell and Ness stuff. Um nice guy um and offered to sell the shoes for me him and i would kind of chat on the side aol and some messenger type of stuff and he's like yo dude i'll sell them for you and i'll you know take a cut and whatever i help you out so i posted on nike park i have sent him the shoes and so they're out of my possession they're on the way to joe and i get an email from a hiroshi senju from hiroshima japan and he goes, I'll take them $750 plus $30 shipping to Japan. Dad, I just sold <laughs> those $250 shoes in a matter of like 20 minutes, $750 over to some dude in Japan. And he just looked at me and he was like, I got one question for you. He's like, how many more of those can you get? Right. And I was <laughs> like. I have no idea, but I'm going to figure this out. So the, I got the shoes back from Joe. Long story short, I'll spare you all the extra details, but um, yeah, man, sent the shoes. I like got the money order from, from uh, Japan and sent the shoes over and everything worked out. And um, Andy Chang was the gentleman that was inside of the chat room. And it turns out that he was renting a basement room from one of the directors of Nike basketball. And he would just come home with duffel bags full of samples, player samples, look-see samples, all sorts of stuff and give them to Andy. And Andy would sell them to me for a hundred dollars a pop moving forward. And I would sell Hiroshi actually became one of my best customers. And it's funny because Joe was like, Oh, man, that's that's a dude that I sell to a lot. Like, how did the heck did you find him? Like, you don't need me. And I mean, I would get probably a dozen pairs a month paying a hundred dollars and I'd sell 90% of them to this Japanese collector, 1500 bucks, 1200, a thousand dollars a pop. And nowadays that's nothing for sneakers. Well, relatively speaking, it's still a ton of money, but back then as a 15 year old, $1,500 for one pair of shoes was insane. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of how it all started. Um, and just kept hunting and figuring it out and found a few more little sources and would go to, um, would go to Nike outlets and source things and just spent honestly, man, my childhood just wheeling and dealing on the internet, peddling sneakers. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, and, and I've seen some of the pictures you've had, you've had just some, some crazy stuff, right? Like, uh, I mean, Always the shoe that comes to mind is the Tar Heels uh, Jumpman. You know, what yeah, is the it? showcase, Jumpman. team showcase. <laughs> yeah, showcase. Yeah. Because like that was one of those shoes that that was like the first time I remember seeing a shoe kind of 
on, you know, I'm, I'm always watching college basketball. I've been a big college basketball fan most of my life, but when I was younger, I was like really into college basketball. I don't remember seeing the guys wearing the shoes and being like, that's different. Like that's, that's not what I'm seeing at Foot Locker, you know, like it was, it was crazy different. And then when, when we first connected and, and, you know, you started sharing some pictures, it was like, Whoa, this this is like stuff that like dreams are made of for, for kids our age, you know, back then. Right. Because even occasionally, you know, like you might see a colorway land in the East Bay catalog back then, but you wouldn't see like a, a PE or a sample. And like, you know, really there were only a handful of people that even got to see those things back then. You know, like you might, you might post something on Nike talk once it got up and running, but like, you know, Russ Bankston and the slam team were like the only ones that really had that kind of access, you know, until, you know, soul collector came around and, you know, that kind of the next generation of, you know, kind of people becoming interested and like, you know, that shift from like Nike park to Nike talk and where everything kind of became, centralized for a few years, right? It was like, if you were on the internet in 2000 and you wanted to talk about sneakers, you ended up on Nike talk somehow. That's yeah. That was just how it was. But yeah, it's, that's crazy, man. I mean, it's, it's even crazier because you know, I just, we just don't even think about some of those, some of those nuances of that story, right? Having to ship a money, having to ship shoes to Japan back then was probably a complete pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. Having to, having to trust that somebody's going to actually send a money order or receive the money order you're sending in the mail and actually send you product. It's like, you know, like that was also like the time for the internet where the internet existed, but it wasn't fast. There was no real social media, right? It was like geo cities and MySpace and, and you know, that kind of thing, but commerce never happened on the internet and the companies that were trying to push commerce you know, like I think of like web van and places like that, where it's like, Oh, web van is going to deliver our groceries one day. Yep. And they, they absolutely tanked right around, you know, year 2000 shortly after, because everybody's like, I don't want my credit card information on the internet, you know? And then now look at, we've got, you know, millions of companies that do exactly what those companies were just oh, yeah. way ahead of the curve at. So pretty wild yeah it's insane man i mean just how far everything has come and and you know you and i were talking kind of pre-doing this and you've read some of the bobby hundreds book and and i'm about 150 pages in and it's just like yeah dude that's how i built my website on dreamweaver and like uploaded (laughs) html and didn't know like I had Microsoft a front page. Yeah. Front. Yes. Front page. Oh, God bless you, Nick. Yes. That is old school, but you know, a pirated version of Photoshop, right? Like yeah. um, just the way we did it. And I mean, nobody could afford a $3,000 program. So we, you know, ran around and did all that. And then, you know, just the, the struggles with, okay, how can I take money? Like PayPal was like brand, brand new and there was no yeah. way to put inventory in there and just the same, like, and you just figured it out. And, you know, there was no, like, nobody told you how to do anything. You just had that passion to just go on and be like, I want to do this and I'm just going to figure it out until I get it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. I never really, you know, I, I think we all kind of get nostalgic about things, but then you don't really think of like the, the levels that we've, you know, stepped up throughout the years across all these different things that just make this same kind of stuff so easy. Right. And like, you know, I've been lucky to be a part of all this sneaker stuff and, you know, 
the blessing and the curse, you know, it's like when you work in the sneaker world, you spend more money on sneakers. <laughs> yeah. You know, no matter what, you're going to spend more money. It's like, even if you're one of those people that's lucky enough to get sent a free pair of shoes, it makes you want to buy another pair. It's like, yep. it's just this weird trap that you fall into, you know, and it's a fun one. Don't get me wrong. I don't, that, oh, yeah. it's not a, it's not all a bad thing, but it's definitely an interesting, you know, kind of like unspoken thing about the, the sneaker world and working in it. And, you know, as it's, as it's changed so much through the years, you know, like it's, it also is like, it's also the same, right? Like, I think you and I probably have a fundamental belief that like it, you know, not to be cliche, but it's not about the shoes, right? It's, it's the people that you meet, right? Yep. Like you, you remember a few of the shoes that you sold, but you're going to remember the people that you met and connected with and, and, you know, had dinner with and, you know, met at, you know, whatever event. And um, those types of things are what really kind of, you know, it's kind of why I'm still trying to do this, this whole thing. Right. It, it, you know, even for me, like meeting, younger sneaker heads that want to like, you know, be a part of it or want to start their own business. It's just, that's the exciting part for me is like finding those people that still have that passion or maybe they moved on and, you know, do other things, but then you get to have these conversations, right? You're not like as heavily involved in sneakers now as you were even just a couple of years ago, Yeah, but you still have that passion and, and you still get to have these cool conversations and connect with people and share, share these kind of stories. But yeah, I mean, I think like the other thing that's really interesting about, you know, Nike park is something that I think probably most people now have never heard of. Right. Nike talk was like the anomaly in the sense that it was like the old school message forum message board that survives all of the internet apocalypse that like, you know, shut down every little like mom and pop shop. Right. Like, I'm sure you mentioned a few names and I think people should probably go back and Google all those. But then I was thinking, like, honestly, you might not even find much on Jersey Joe. You might not even find much on well, Nike Park. You know, like a lot of these sites just went completely different direction. And the people are probably still around doing things close or yep. related, but they just, you know, they evolve into kind of this new world of social media first everything right which is it's you know it's it's tough because you lose a lot of the the uniqueness and you know the the real connection through social media versus like when you were in a forum and you had to like figure out who the person was and like you know like you said side chat somebody and be like okay like is this person cool enough you know like yeah. safe enough to meet up and sell buy and sell a pair of shoes you know because I was thinking about, as you were telling the story of, of, you know, somebody telling you they have the shoes, like that's basically like the sneakerhead equivalent of like the kid, you know, the, the, you know, the creeper van and the, and the candy, we've got some candy little kid oh, come yeah. into the yeah. van. Cause like <laughs> we were all seeking out those like oddball shoes that we could be like, this is different. Right. And you know, not to get all like old man yelling at the cloud, but like now it doesn't feel like that. You know, it feels like we're, we're missing the, the chase for that kind of different stuff, right? Like it was all, it was all sneakers and it was all like stuff that we had the shared passion for, but we were all kind of looking to, to be just slightly different. And now I feel like we've gotten to this point where, you know, maybe it's just because there's massive amounts of people involved in it and it's no longer like, you know, a few hundred people yep, yep. that are, you know, kind of congregating in a, in a, you know, online community someplace but there doesn't seem to be the the desire for for you know 
I guess, standing out from the crowd near as much as it was when, you know, like I think for you and I, the first, you know, time we put on a pair of Jordans or something, it felt like, you know, it felt like you're like one of the only ones that got to do this, even though, you know, like maybe a few kids at school did too. The majority of people had no even thought or care of what shoes were on their feet. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like the old man yelling, you know, Hey kids get off my lawn and all that stuff. But, you know, I think, I think about this all the time, man. It was kind of like those good old days, but I also look at everything else and I'm sure, you know, like take my dad, for example, I'm sure, I mean, he's a big, huge baseball fan. I'm sure he would say today, the game's nothing like it used to be and, you know, all that stuff. And so I think of, you know, everything goes through its, its phases and runs its course and grows and, and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, I can't sit here and, and even come close to getting mad at the kids for like running bots and snagging them and selling them on stock X or whatever and making money. Cause in a sense, that's what I did. Right. Like yeah. I've hunted for a rare sneaker or a sample and sold it for buco money. And that's the same thing these kids are doing. I just didn't do it at like buying a thousand pairs of them with some internet bot, you know, it was one offs yeah. and I could get two of this and one of over here. Um, but you're it's right. Interesting. I mean, go ahead. No, I was just, was going to say, I mean, just the connections and everything, you know, it was more just about that than, yeah, it was fun to, and the chase and the hunt. And, you know, my parents would let me skip first period and they'd drive me to the mall and my mom would wait in the, in the, you know, uh, car and I'd run in and it's, it's the same thing, man. I mean, just the way that like people now say, Oh man, you got backdoored at this one store, this and that, and the other, I did it too. Back when I was in middle school, I'd make buddies with yeah. the security guard. Security guard would let me in the mall a little bit earlier than the rest of them. So I was always first in line. Right. And it's the same thing. It's just a different way of looking at it. Um, but it felt different. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, it felt a little different of that real human interaction connection. Um, and you're right, man. I mean, I still keep up with the guy that founded Nike Park. His name is Eric and he works for TikTok now. And him and I keep in touch. And I think Jersey Joe's an insurance salesman. Um, so we all, we all move on and, and do different things. Um, but I think it, you know, there's things where I could say, man, it's grown and it's terrible for the game or sneaker, if you want to call it a, a game, like it's sneaker collecting. But I think there's a lot of things that, you know, are also positive. I think now, you know, there's more releases, which some would say, man, that that's too many, but it gives people access to sneakers that they never could get or more opportunities to have a variety of a collection. Whereas, you know, back in the day when Jordan brand, he had a, you know, signature shoe, it was, you got four colorways, right? And if you didn't yeah. like the Chicago bull colors, you had one French blue university of North Carolina color out of the whole year that was coming out that like, was you know the one that you wanted to get yeah. other than that you were stuck with black and red yeah totally and you know the other interesting thing too and like thinking in hindsight you know that that uh that experience of of you know just learning to navigate the process of getting shoes selling them shipping them all of that right becomes so valuable in your career regardless of where you go right because some people don't ever have that experience. Right. And, you know, nowadays it's, it's much more of a norm, I think, 
Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that, you know, as things transition into kind of this new world that we live in now, comparatively, you know, that, that kind of like entrepreneurial aspect of, of what you were doing as a youngster, it probably sets you on course to do a lot of the work that you do now. And, and, you know, you probably can reference a lot of stuff you learned from the very beginning of your career there, you know, calling it, you know, your, your, your 13 selling sneakers, <laughs> the beginning of your career. I don't know if that would be an official way to approach it, but like, you know, I think that that's something that oftentimes gets like, you know, just kind of pushed under the rug in a lot of conversations. So I think it's cool that, you know, to think about that now, because there's just a lot of, there's a, you know, it's just a good experience to, to like, you know, do these things. And, you know, to, to your story and that example, right. Like I admire your dad and and just being like, look, you're either going to learn the lesson or you're not right. Yeah. If it works, it works. It's great, but it's going to be a lesson and it's going to be expensive if you miss out on it. And you know, that's like, you know, you, that's how it's got to be, right? Like we all have to, t- we all have to figure that stuff out, whether it's, you know, we can be handed the the instruction manual, but we got to figure out how to do this stuff. Still like much bigger picture relevant, I think, than just sneakers too. It's kind of interesting. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it just, and, and, and look, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, I mean, not many people are going to sit here and say, oh, that's cool. Your dad gave you 250 bucks, man. Like good for you. Right. But like, um, you know, I mean, I, I see that side of it too, and, and very appreciative that he did do that, because um, it set me on a on a path of like, you know, building that website and learning those skills and figuring it out, and it really did set me up. I mean, before I took a full time job, I mean, I, I basically built websites for people throughout college, and then after college, built websites for people and did marketing and did it for fifteen years until, um. I got a random phone call one day and and said, Hey, uh, you don't know me, but my husband knows you and knows that you're a giant sneakerhead and you also understand marketing. I'm a recruiter and I had cannot place anybody in this role. And I want to talk to you about a potential role if you're interested. And I said, you have my attention. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you said sneakers and marketing. I, I'm, I'm still listening. <laughs> I haven't hung up. Yeah. Um, but that's how you and I met. Um, you know, I took a job working, the parent company was M plus, um, and, uh, they sold insoles. Um, now I'm trying to even remember the name of the insole company, but, um, basically everybody has seen every single product that M plus sells inside a footlocker and finish line and every single mall sneaker store, they basically sold sneaker accessories, sneaker balls, insoles, um, cleaner and then the brand that i was managing was called force field and i came on as a brand manager ended up going into global brand manager and handled like all the stores over footlocker europe and all that um but basically force field was m plus's answer to um jason mark and rejuvenator and all those guys that and crep um it was uh soft soul soft soul is the name of the insole yeah, company soul, that's right and yep. they have some no name kind of brand cleaner um value based cleaner but yeah force field was basically born out of a meeting um between Foot Locker and m plus and jason mark and all these guys were kind of coming in on that territory and basically Foot Locker looked them and said what's y'all's answer do y'all have an answer to this kind of sneaker head cool hip 
you know, premium cleaner and they really didn't have one, but they said, yeah, we do, you know, and they didn't have force field at the time. So they ran back home and figured out how to make force field, um, which between me, you and everybody that's listening to this podcast is pretty much the same formula that you find in the soft sole value cleaner is just branded and put into a different can. So yeah. <laughs> you can buy the soft sole stuff and be just fine. Yeah, totally. I think there's a lot of that in, in the sneaker cleaner world. You know, I think there's, <laughs> there's not too much that needs to be changed across these formulas and brands, you know, and like nope. maybe there's a few that do something maybe a little bit different and it's like maybe a little better for the environment, but yep generally speaking like they all kind of get the job done mm-hmm. it's just a matter of like who's got the coolest partners who looks the coolest who has the you know i mean not to go too far down this rabbit hole but yeah. you know crep did the whole like send sneakers to space thing and yeah. you know have, they have like the craziest marketing i've ever seen for any type of product that costs 10 or 12 bucks you know it's like those guys were decking out (laughs) g-wagons and like armored vehicles (laughs) and showing up to sneaker con and like you know it's interesting right like you can you can look at that and you go okay holy cow like all right and this is my biggest challenge when i was at force field you got jason mark over here this premium boutique you can get it in nordstrom you could get it in a hundreds store i mean and you know but you could also still buy it in Foot Locker, and it just has this clean feel to it right well we really can't go down that lane they're doing that then you go over here and crep is like the loud obnoxious marketing gimmicky like let's put a dude in a thousand dollar sneakers and put them on a dirt bike and just go just tear them through the mud that's not how people wear sneakers but it was that shock marketing right and then that kind of left like okay both of those ends of the spectrum are covered you know what our lane is right in the middle our lane is that true sneaker head me and you been collecting for forever appealing to that we don't need to do the shock and awe marketing and we're not going to be sold in nordstrom's we're just the average sneaker dude or girl that comes in and they buy a pair of jordans or whatever and it's like oh hey by the way here's a way you can protect and clean them it's right in that middle lane and it actually was a wide open space because the other two were going so far extreme they left a whole lot of room in the middle yep Totally. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about. I mean, I was trying to think as we were getting ready to record, I was trying to think of like how long ago that was. It was like a solid, like three, four or five years ago now, like time just is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's been probably four years. We've got a little girl now that'll be four in July and uh, she was two months old when I left in plus. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, one of the other things that, that, you know, we should probably get into, uh, you know, you've mentioned Bobby hundreds book, which I got to finish. Um, I got to finish it, but I think even just, you know, I, from what I've read so far, I'm, I'm a fan of Bobby anyway. I went and saw him speak at a couple of events in LA when I was living there. Um, I think he really is very, his passion and and authenticity is like unparalleled, you know, like there are a lot of people that are passionate, but like he just always comes across as like, Hey, this is what I do. And this is who I am. And, and like, not in an egotistical way. And I really admire that. And I think that is kind of, you know, 
he's it's almost like having the self-awareness to be like to be able to say yeah like i nerd out about nike talk or i nerd out about garfield back to the future animaniacs take your pick right because that's how the hundreds works like they just get into all those things that they love throughout the years and the nostalgia and it's like can they go back and and partner with those brands to bring them to the streetwear world and i think that's just such an a, a you know a great formula because inevitably we all have like memories that are tied to a lot of these things right we won't always be into everything they do but when they hit the fresh prints or whatever it is that, that, you know, whoever's listening, whenever you hit that passion and like, Oh, that's the thing. The hundreds has usually done that. And, and they've done just such a great job of like continuing those relationships. But um, specifically, you know, you mentioned reading his book and, and basically saying on Twitter that there should be a Nike talk reunion and him agreeing to it or whatnot. And I think that is like, that just needs to happen because it's really interesting now. Like there's probably, I mean, I have a Nike talk login, but I'm not regularly logging into Nike talk the way I used to. Yeah. I, I probably interact with, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the Nike talk account on Instagram, oh, Nelson, right? Nelson, um, on Instagram, you know, once a week, maybe yeah. even more because yep. it's just like part of my regular rounds posting sneaker history and stuff. But, there's so many people that from those early days that, you know, are probably still floating around and, and almost like, you know, almost like lost in the, in the new world of what social media is. But I also think there's something to be celebrated about all of the people keeping these relationships, you know, like to me, that's like my favorite part about for me, you know, like I was on Nike talk first, but I definitely, you know, I took a job with soul collector in mm-hmm. the, you know, I don't know, 2000 something. Um, but you know, so I was, I was like in the, you know, the ISS forums and part of the soul collector staff. The, so like the battle, the great battle between the two, the exactly, two yeah. uh, forums. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. Cause it's such just in hindsight, it's just like, <laughs> how did this even happen? You yeah. know, but I totally understand it. Like everybody's kind of fighting for position, trying to say, Hey, come over here and be a part of our thing. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. I think, man. It's interesting. I'll even go one, and this is just where my mind goes. And just reading Bobby's book, and I do agree, we need to do something. Um, but you know, I go back to man like Nike Park, and so if if for those listening, if you haven't read Bobby's book, pick it up. Like if you're just even remotely interested in a cool story, how somebody built something from nothing, some business lessons, entrepreneurship stuff along the way, like it's. Like I'm only 150 pages in, but like I can't. I'm just what I'm gonna do after we finish this. I'm gonna go read until I can't keep my eyes open. Um, it's just I'm just you know eating it up. Yeah, but, I'll link to it in the description wherever you're listening to this too. So yeah, just, grab it. Make sure you guys grab it because I mean it's a, it's legit. And so he kind of talks about you know he's trying to find his way and figuring this out. And uh, forgive me if I don't get it all right, but um, he stumbles on Nike Talk and he kind of has a whole like almost half a chapter dedicated to Nike talk and talking about kind of the, what would, what did you wear today or outfit of the day posts? And what they would do is that they would, they would put their stuff in that post. Then I remember seeing it and my mind just works 
in this way where I go, man, okay, if that was sort of one of their turning points of their brand using Nike Talk, then I go back to if the dude that started, if Eric didn't ever start Nike Park and people then got like fed up with like, there was no moderators on the, on the message board for his site. And if Nelson and um, Alex, who goes by Method Man and those guys didn't say, Hey, let's go start this other thing and build it up. And you could almost kind of, and this, I know this is a far stretch, but you can almost say if Eric never built Nike park and Nike park never turned out Nike talk, the hundreds may have never have like turned that little inch up. Right. Like, because they never could have used Nike talk to boost their, their brand a little bit. Anyway, that's just where my mind goes on all that stuff and just kind of goes down a rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, I think, man, we, we should do something because I think it would be unique um, to have the guys like Nelson and Alex and then um, Alex Wang of 23 Jumpman Street. And you got Eakin and Russ and um, King Crux, who was on there, and I Japino, yeah. who goes, you know, man, Corey, all those yeah. like OG, like sneaker guys. Right. And Bobby and, and even Benny Gold and all those names. You yeah, put those Todd guys Garanti. in. I need to get him on. I need to get a lot of these guys on on the show. Yeah, too. <laughs> you should just we just make a giant list and just do yeah. it. Um, you get all those guys in the room, right? And then you get a handful of um, the foamers, and you know, I know Slade's been in it a long time, but maybe not since nineteen ninety nine. Um, but you get him in a room and foamer, and you know these these influencers, quote unquote, now that are doing kind of their things. Um, blanking on some of the others that are out there, but there's a handful of them, right? And it's kind of like old school meets new school. And, you know, and, and I look at people like, you know, Jacques and say, dude, you're carrying the torch man forward, right? Like, yeah, you might not have been in it since 1999 and, you know, had dial up internet with us and on Nike talk, but like what he does and like what Fomer does and all those guys, like they're bringing a different, life of content and storytelling um which is to me what it's all about right and then bobby kind of talks about all that like yeah i blog about all this stuff because i love it and i want people to feel a sense of community and i want you to buy a t-shirt but then also be able to understand why that design is on that t-shirt right and it's the same thing with those guys i mean they're telling stories and building a brand and you know, carrying the torch forward, you know, even if the game has quote unquote changed, then, you know, that's okay. But sorry, yeah. rabbit hole and tangent, no, but <laughs> that's totally great though, because I think that's important. Cause you know, I, I, one of the things that I find myself constantly battling with sneakers is the negativity that, that seems to be most prominent on the internet. Right. And, you know, using Fomer or Jacques or any of the guys that are, you know, any of the people that are cranking out YouTube videos on a regular basis, right? The perception is that, that the comments section is always negative, but I find that when I'm in the comments on some of these people's YouTube channels, they find they have like just massive amounts of supporters that know every detail about what they do, how yeah. they do their thing, the, the, you know, the stories that they're telling the journeys that they're taking them on, the people that are doing, you know, some of these guys are doing, um, I, I was watching a Seth Fowler video um, recently 
And, you know, he does this series where he's like, I'm going to take $20 and I'm eventually going to get a pair of Nike mags from, you know, I'm going to trade my way up and buy my way up. And like, that's, that's such a great way for somebody to become, a, you know, just feel like they're on that journey with you. And yeah, I've probably watched like maybe a dozen of them and he's done a lot of them, but like, I still find it fascinating every time I come back to his channel and I'm like, okay, cool. Like time to see where he's at in this journey, you know? And I was thinking about it the other day because there was just like some, there was just some nice comments on a video that I came across. And it's interesting because it's almost like, it's almost like Nike talk in a sense. Back in the early days of Nike talk, you had a much, a much tighter sense of community amongst all of those people, people supporting each other in ways that just doesn't seem to exist now, but I think it, it does exist. It's just that it's moved into different places, right? Like, our sneaker history discord is very like, I mean, there are people in there that are, you know, calling in to be a part of our zoom calls, our community zoom calls and, and trivia nights from, you know, we've had Madison square garden. We've had from the wedding, our, uh, after party, we've had people just, you know, like places where I'm like, you should not be thinking about all us folks in this community right now you should be doing your own thing you know yeah. but i love that because they all care about each other enough to be like you know oh yes i forgot uh andrew in the discord literally the first night bought his first house you know like we were we, we were all on a call like getting to walk through the house with him you know like you're stuff like that party, where, yeah yeah you're getting to share these experiences and part of that's amplified from, from the pandemic and people not getting to have as much social interaction as they did you know prior but also we just all care about each other deeply. And I think that happens the same way it happened for Bobby in, you know, the Nike talk forums and like posting up a pair of shoes and a sneaker and a t-shirt and like connecting the dots for people. And then having all those people go, Oh, cool. I need to get that one. Cause it resonates with me. Yep. The same thing can is probably happening. You know, you and I've talked about this about Jacques videos. Jacques is one of those people that he's got, he's got a much younger demographic watching him on YouTube than I think a lot of the sneaker YouTubers. And you see it when you go to a sneaker con with him and all the parents are thanking him for making the videos because it's the 13 year old now that's looking at Jacques video. And they're not thinking necessarily about like maybe buying and selling or maybe they are, but they're thinking I could make YouTube videos at sneaker con yep. and then I could do what Jacques Slade does. And I think that is like such an awesome thing to, to kind of connect the dots along, you know, the journey because ultimately it comes down to like the same kind of vibe that you're, you know, you're looking for is like, just how to make your way in this space. And, and, you know, you find the people that are going to support you. So um, I think, you know, I want to, I want to kind of circle back to, because one, I think we should just, we should just put it out in the universe and be like the Nike talk, you know, I don't know the, the class reunion or whatever it's going to be called is needs to happen. Um, but you mentioned a few pretty good stories before we started recording that I think we should jump into. So I'll let you decide which one you want to share or which couple you want to share. But uh, I know you're I know you've got plenty of them and we can we can go probably all night. But I'll let uh, I'll let you, you decide which one you should start off with. <laughs> mm, man, well, I'll, t I'll tell you, the one that still haunts me to this day is when I got a pair of shoes stolen from me. And uh, I'm trying to remember, man, they I think they were Air Jordan 16, like a look see sample. Um, I think this was around the time Jordan had either come back to, to play for the wizards but they were kind of a an off cream white with a little bit of the wizard blue in there unreleased never came out 
um, was told maybe one or two pairs of these exist all time. Right. And so, I mean, just so, you know, just to, for those that may not know, I mean, what would happen is, you know, Jordan would actually come to campus, Nike campus, and they'd put a bunch of colorways in front of him and basically, yep, nope, yep, uh, maybe let's change this, let's do this. And then all the ones that he didn't like, they'd just scrap them, right? Um, so this is one of those, never came out. And um, I had them on my website for sale. <clears throat> and I think I think the asking price was like 1500 bucks. And so... I get an email. Hey man, I'll take them. Um, can I, you know, can I PayPal you and do you mind overnight shipping them? Okay, no problem. I'll pay the extra, you know, this guy offered to pay the extra for overnight shipping. And again, I'm, I'm 15, 16 now and, you know, very trusting did never, you know, like got ripped off before and cool man, like no red flags are going off for me. Okay. You're going to pay for overnight shipping all this. Well, the guy had used, he had hacked into a PayPal account and he had used somebody else's PayPal account to send me um, the money. And then he told me, hey, I'm, you know, staying at my grandmother's house. Can you send him to this address? Again, 15 years old, naive. Sure. I'll send him to your grandmother's house. And so I overnight the shoes, right? And this dude was smart. I overnight them. And by the time, you know, I mean, I overnighted them and he already gotten them 48 hours later, PayPal sends me an email saying, we've marked this transaction as fraud. Please do not send, you know, the goods that you sold this person. They used a fraudulent account or they hacked into an account like we're, we took this money out of your PayPal account. This is, money's gone. Shoes are gone. And immediately, mm -hmm. like I'm, you know trying to chat this dude, email him, whatever, crickets, obviously. Well, one, I thought I was going to be smart and set up a sting operation and actually like had someone else like pretend that they had a pair of shoes for sale. And then this is the beauty of the internet, right? And somebody else, I think on like Nike talk or something, uh, the details are a little fuzzy, but basically we were going to set up a sting, sell this dude another pair of shoes and have cops waiting for him when he came and like picked him up at like the post office or whatever. We ended up not doing that. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. But about a week later, this random box shows up on my doorstep, in my parents' house. It looks like a pair of shoes, like size of a shoe box. And I'm like, I do not, I'm not expecting anything. Well, it was a little beat up and I take it inside and I kid you not, this story is not embellished. I literally like I'm standing probably like as far as I can away from this box. And I'm like, could I be bombable? Like, is somebody sending me, you know, a bomb inside of this shoe? I'm, no, 15 years old kid that's selling sneakers online. You're not bombable. But <laughs> so. I kid you not, man, I, I kind of take a knife and unwrap it or whatever. And I go get a broomstick from the pantry. And I remember going like halfway up like the banister on the stairs. And like, I'm trying to pry open the lid with a broomstick, like to make sure nothing's going to explode inside and I pop open the lid and the shoes are sitting inside the ones that this guy had stole with a note. And I was like, Holy cow. This is, there's no way this is nuts. Like this guy sent back a $1,500 pair of shoes that he had stole. And, um, 
Yeah, and the note the note said, "Hey man, feel guilty. Like, you know, wanted to send him back. Um feel super guilty. I'm sorry and send him back." But the kicker is that he had warned him. He had like gone to the mall or something, warned him. So, I ended up being able to like sell him for a little bit of money, but definitely not 1500 bucks, but yeah, dude, I mean, I still just think about that story and I'm like, "Man, like I never would have, you know, he never would have gotten caught. Like I never would have gotten him or whatever, but just yeah. the, just the fact that he felt guilty and sent them back is nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. He just needed that one. What did you wear today? Picture in the Nike talk thread. Right. So you know, <laughs> yeah, he got that picture and, and then he was like, um, I'm over it. Yep. You know, I got, I got, I got my, got my post. Cred. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got my post. And see, again, nothing's changed. People did the, what, you know, like we can't get mad. Yeah. I can't get mad at like people take a photo on Instagram, send it to StockX and sell it. And like, that's like, well, we did that too. Right. It's the whole reason you had V, 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 NDS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bare, like worn inside, like one time, um, no creases, yeah. Yeah. only worn inside. Yeah and cleaned um yeah you can still see the sizing tag on the insole on the inside like vvvvv nds yeah for sure yeah (laughs) well it's funny too now because like i you know i i haven't what's the best way to say this I haven't embraced letting go of most of my sneakers yet right so i still have way too many I say it all the time on, on this show, but like, I don't advise anybody to buy sneakers. (laughs) Like you'll always have enough if you have a couple of pairs here and there, but most of the time I wear like the one pair that's by the door. Yep. And you know, if it, if it weren't for the community aspect of it and like sharing stuff, we, we do some things now where, you know, like you might see a particular topic for like, you know, Thursdays. So we'll do like a whole theme where the community will be like, this is my favorite, you know, three M shoe, or this is my favorite you know, Jordan before the 14 or whatever that is. But I think about now, like, I don't remember if I wore a lot of shoes because, you know, it's like, okay, like I have dunks from the early 2000s. I probably wore them, but I don't know if I wore them, wore them, wore them, you know? And like, if I can't see something stuck in the bottom of it, yeah, do I even know if I, if I wore the shoe? Like, there's no way for me to actually know, you know? Like most of the stuff I didn't wear enough to crease up at all. I mean, I try to keep them nice, but like, I'm not very good at cleaning them. So most of the time, (laughs) that's why I end up wearing the same shoe regularly. Cause I'm like, ah, this will be the shoe that gets beat up and I'll keep the others a little bit nicer, you know? Yep. It's interesting things that people, things that only sneakerheads would understand, you know, like. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. yeah, A lot of fun facts about me that you didn't ask, but I'll tell you, I have never played other than maybe when I was like, in elementary school, any organized basketball, um, you know, never played on middle school basketball team, high school basketball team. I'm a white kid from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, you know, my feet are very wide and flat. So Nikes actually kill my feet. Um, and let's see. Um, yeah, I barely ever, like I played baseball and tennis growing up. I'm the complete opposite of everything that you would ever think a sneakerhead would be. But I still have like over like 150 pairs sitting in the closet that barely ever saw the light of day. And I think, <laughs> I think I was sitting in a meeting when I was at force field with finish line one time and 
basically out loud just said, I'm probably the only sneakerhead that I know of that listens to nineties country music. Like it's just, I'm the opposite <laughs> of everything you would ever think, but that's the beauty of everything also is that you can be completely different, but yet because you enjoy the sneakers and the stories behind them and all that, like it's just that connection piece. But, um, but I also was the guy totally. that would wear the trash shoes when it was raining and then keep the nice shoes in the backpack and, you know, middle school and then change when you got into middle school and people are like, what are you doing? Like, this is nuts. Like you're, you're a little weird. Yep. Totally. I mean, that's how it always is though. Right? Like if you're not a little weird to most people, then, you know, you're probably in the wrong spot or you probably need to probably need to like look at that and think, yeah, if, if, if everybody thinks I'm not, that I'm not weird, then, Maybe that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, well, I mean, we're we're about coming up on an hour. Uh it's been awesome to chat with you. Uh, you know, we definitely gotta do this more frequently. I know we'll talk uh, offline, but you know, this is this is a blast, and I'm sure you know you've got way more stories to to share with people. Uh hopefully, you know. Yeah, like if there's anything, if if anything comes of that talk of a of some sort of Nike talk, you know, get together. Oh yeah, of any kind, definitely let me know. And like, because the people that are listening to this, I'm sure would be would be totally interested in something like that. I think, you know, there's there's a huge community out there that, you know, I, I'm one of those weird old dudes that loves the sneaker cons because I just love seeing the excitement that everybody brings to those places. But I think generally, there's definitely room for a uh, a more laid back, like kind of old, you know, kind of the way, like, you know, not to be cliche, but the way it used to be right. Yeah. Where, you know, Nike talk meetups were like, they were, they were life-changing experiences for a lot of yeah. us, you know, like you yeah. meet five or six people from the forums. And next thing you know, you're like, cool. Like now I've got friends that are into shoes and cars and this and that, and the other. So I'm definitely down to support and, and be a part of and help out however I can to make that happen. Yeah, it's it's I interesting. Really it, awesome. It's funny you say that because I literally picture the only thing we need to do for a Nike talk like old school reunion is literally get a warehouse and you know, maybe one with a giant skate ramp in the back. I don't know, and maybe the the giant, you know, Adam Bomb and the hundreds logo. But besides that, all we really need <laughs> is to be honest with you, is an empty room with some folding chairs. And yep. <laughs> like I think you could just get like almost like a a singer songwriter night where somebody gets up there and just tells a story for five, 10 minutes. And then you just rotate through and everybody just tells stories about the old days and old school. And then just kind of hang out and sit in folding chairs. And like, you don't need the flashy sneaker con for this group. Like all you need is an empty room and folding chairs and you're good. Yeah, totally. Yep. Totally. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. But, uh, well, definitely let people know how to find you too. If they want to hit you up to hear more of the stories and, and connect with you outside of the yeah. podcast here. Yeah. I mean, uh, Twitter is probably the, the easiest way it's at Will Hardison and then Instagram as well. You're just going to see a lot of family photos, barely any sneaker photos, but you're welcome to follow me there. And then, um, I also write for DTLR. Um, so I write about four to five blogs a month on just upcoming releases and stuff like that. Um, and I try to weave in some of the sneaker stories into those blogs as well, but Twitter's probably the the easiest way to kind of connect and start a chat. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you making the time, you know, it's, it's 
been, like I said, long overdue. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, man. Um, everybody that's listening, I will I will put links to Will's social handles in the description as well, so you can connect with him that way. But uh, yeah, any any last uh, parting parting uh, words of advice for anybody? Oh man, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I, you know, I mean, I know we've talked about this for a while, and this certainly is that just rekindling, you know, just memory lane and all that. I mean, like you said, I've kind of moved on and work in a completely different industry and outside of you and, and Jacques, you know, kind of just keep my distance from sneakers and all that, not for any wrong reason or whatever, but just, that's just the way life goes. Right. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, like I think anything and, and, you know, just the parting words for me would be whatever you want to go do, like, just, just take a stab at it. Just do it. Don't worry about what people would say about it or, or think about it. Um, you know, whether that you want to, you know, launch a YouTube channel or create a sub stack or whatever it may be. I think the coolest thing that I take away from my childhood is I just tried stuff, did stuff, um, not to try to grow some following or anything like that. I just did it because I wanted to have fun and wanted to figure it out. Um, so I think if you kind of stay true to that and do something of that realm and just do it for the right reasons, it'll all, everything else will take care of itself, man. Well said, man. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Hey everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, do us a solid and head over to Apple podcasts and leave us a review. Give us a rating on Spotify or Amazon music. And make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel because we have even more content coming for you in 2022. Speaking of new content, we have an amazing community of sneaker enthusiasts that hang out in the Sneaker History Discord on a daily basis. While sneakers is the connection point that brought us all together, we've all discovered countless shared passions we have in common with other people within the community. We recently launched the first of a handful of new podcasts that will be coming directly from our Sneaker History community. We'll get into the details for those in a future episode, but I'm excited to share that the Exhaust Notes podcast is now live. This is a show about the world of cars, racing, and other automotive-related topics. If you're a fan of Formula One, Formula Drift, cars and coffee, or you're just a weirdo like me that enjoys the smell of gasoline, I think you'll enjoy this one. If you do, add Exhaust Notes to your subscribe list so you'll be updated when we drop future episodes. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.